as the Washington Nationals made two moves yesterday, signing Juan Yepes and as well as Nick Senzel. Who will have the bigger impact between those two guys? Well, maybe a little bit surprising. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And of course, I'm your host, Ryan Clare. You can catch me over on Twitter at RyanClary11 and as well as the show page at LO underscore Nationals. For all your latest Nationals news and notes, make sure to check us out over on Twitter there. Later on in today's show, Shohei Otani. We haven't really talked about him here. But this is a massive story in all of baseball. John Morosi is reporting that there could be a decision coming today, December 8th, this Friday, right here, right now. Where's he going to go? Where do we think he's going to go? This has been a fun story to watch. No one knows where, really. But there are a few finalists here, and I think it could be a little surprising, to say the least. We'll discuss that later on in today's show. Later as well, we're going to get into three Nationals prospects who could have the biggest impact in 2024. And again, this is going to be a little surprising, I think, to some people. But just hear out my argument as to why these three guys will be the biggest impact in the 2024 season. <clears throat> but let's start off this. It's an impact day because we need to talk about who will be more impactful than Nick Senzel and Juan Yepes. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation to say the least. And again, I think people will be surprised. I'll tell you why after I tell you about our friends at FanDuel because today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So later... Obviously, we're going to be talking a lot about impact today. So let's start off with the Nationals' two recent signings, Juan Yepes and as well as Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel being a former second overall pick back in the 2016 MLB draft, a notoriously actually really bad draft class. But still, Nick Senzel does have a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent that you just can't ignore. Solid defensively. He's got some offensive production in his game as well. He could hit for power. But ultimately, he's never put it together at the major league level. Juan Yepes on the other side, a first baseman. Someone who has hit, I believe, 27 home runs one year in AAA and as well as AA back in 2021. How impactful is that? Well, you may ask, well, what is he doing at the major league level? Didn't really do too much. The Cardinals DFA'd him this offseason but really, if you have Paul Goldschmidt over there at first base, you have Jordan Walker who could be playing first base in a couple years from now as well. A lot of different things as to why the Cardinals kind of sent Juan Yepes packing his way. But I think the Nationals, with these two signings, Nick Senzel is a flashier name. He's the more upside kind of guy when you're talking about talent and the different skills that he possesses. But I think Juan Yepes is going to be the guy, in my opinion, who will be the more success story for this Nationals team. Now, is this something to where we're going to be talking about him like the way that we're talking about Stone Garrett from this last year? 
maybe they kind of possess the same kind of talent. And also they're in the kind of the same bucket of guys who have a lot of talent. They've got power. They have numbers down in the minor leagues, but they just could never really get a shot up in their major league system. Stone Garrett couldn't really get any opportunities in Arizona last year. And Juan Yupez couldn't get his opportunities with the St. Louis Cardinals. They just weren't really coming in his direction. So the reason as to why I say Juan Yupez over someone like a Nick Senzel, Nick Senzel is signing for more money. He's going to be on the major league roster while Juan Yupez, he signed a minor league deal. But I look at him and I think he's probably going to be the guy to get the most opportunities. And I think Davey Martinez and Mike Grizzo and the rest of this staff, they've noticed after year one of or year three or whatever you want to call it, this rebuild, but this last season, they know what their issue was. They weren't getting enough offensive production over at the first base position. They needed a little bit more. Dominic Smith, he checked that box when it came to the defense. He was solid, gold glove candidate, should have been a gold glove finalist for being honest, but ultimately was not. When you're on a bad team, you have to kind of pay that tax every now and then. But they need more offensive production, and they know that. Juan Yepes and the numbers that he has put up from 2022, 2021 as well, and even 2023, all this guy has done at any real level has hit the crap out of the baseball. Now, in 2023, his numbers did dip a little bit in AAA, only sporting a 736 OPS in 86 games in AAA Memphis for the Cardinals. But the years prior to that, there's a track record of success really dating back to the 2021 season. Having a 969 OPS from AA to AAA. 2022, having a 921 OPS in all of AAA. And again, that was only in 50 games before he got the call up to the big leagues. Juan Yepes is going to have more opportunities, in my opinion. When I talk, when we really kind of look at Nick Senzel and we're talking about the possible impact that he could have, it's not the fact that he can't turn around. He certainly has the opportunity, and he's going to get a lot of opportunities here to turn his career around here. But I don't think that's going to be the case. When guys play for five-plus years the way that Nick Senzel has, and there's a real track record with him, he's kind of in the same category as a Carter Keyboom type, a former top prospect, someone who has a lot of talent, so it was a former, again, one of the highest prospects in all of baseball at one point. Nixon Zell, though, he hasn't really had the pedigree of the guy of a Juan Yepes kind of type. He has not put up those numbers since 2019, his rookie season. That was his best year by far, and ever since then, it's kind of came down to a crashing halt. Similar to Victor Robles, we know what this is like. We know this. You talk about Carter Keboom, Victor Robles, and all the other top prospects who have come up and who have struggled a little bit. We know what that's like. And so looking at Juan Yepes, I think giving him opportunities, which in my opinion is probably what he needed most, I think he's going to take all these opportunities and turn himself into a big league caliber player. Now, is he going to be someone who you're going to rely on for the next seven years? Is he going to be your first baseman? You won't have any questions about it. We don't know at this point in time. But for this 2024 Nationals team, they need power. Juan Yepes has got power. He's got the home run threat in him. Now, can he consistently do that at the big league level? That's going to be the big question. 
Because Stone Garrett, we were in this kind of category last offseason. When we signed him, no one really knew too much about Stone Garrett. You saw the exit velocity. You saw all the power and the numbers that he's put up. I think that's going to be the Stone Garrett signing of the 2023-2024 offseason. I think we're going to be talking about Juan Yepes in a few months here. And once spring training opens up in mid-February, I think we're going to be talking about Juan Yepes playing some pretty serious innings over at first base. Because the Nationals, I don't think at this moment in time, number one, Reese Hoskins seems to be out of the equation. Number two, Joey Votto, kind of the hope that I wanted, seems to be out of the equation. I think they're going to give Juan Yepes a fairly good shot to make the opening day roster. Not only make the opening day roster, but crack the opening day lineup and start over at first base. Now, if you want to balance out two things here, because I've always said, I prefer offense over defense. But with that said, I don't know all too much about Juan Yepes defensively. Is this going to be kind of a Josh Bell kind of signing here or trade, whatever you want to say with that? Josh Bell, solid offensively, but ultimately not that great defensively. Then last year, you balanced the defense out. Not a lot of offense from Dominic Smith. Ultimately, they decide to move on from him. And now we're here with the Juan Yepes. Can this kind of be the balance signing the Nationals need? It could be. In fact, that's kind of what I'm thinking at this moment in time. I think you're going to be getting an average kind of fielder who also could have the upside to hit 25, maybe 30 home runs if he has consistent luck up in the major leagues. And most importantly, if he has consistent innings being played and consistent at-bats, which I think are all things that could happen in the year of 2024. Because again, you kind of look at him When you have Paul Goldschmidt in front of you over at first base, you're not going to be playing all too much. When you have Goldschmidt, who's locked up with a ton of money with the St. Louis Cardinals, you're not going to be getting the opportunities that you probably deserve because he's Paul Goldschmidt. That's a future Hall of Famer over there. You're not going to be trumping him at any moment in time. So going over to the Nationals, coming here with Nick Senzel, he's had his opportunities. He's had his opportunities to prove himself on a rebuilding Cincinnati Reds team and ultimately hasn't been able to do anything with it. That is kind of also the reason as to why I say Juan Yepes, watch out for him. I'm not saying this is going to be some massive deal in which the Nationals are going to look back and we're going to be high-fiving and hooting and hollering and talking about how Juan Yepes is going to be the next great first baseman here in Washington, D.C. But he could have an impact here. And I would not be surprised at all if he is a more impactful player than a Nick Senzel type. Now, what am I going to bank on? Well, I'm going to bank on Juan Yepes. I'm kind of planting my flag right here in the ground, December 8th, 2023, and say, Juan Yepes, he's going to be the more impactful player because his power is going to lead the way here. And the Nationals, they need power, and they need to value it and hug it so tightly because it was MIA in the year of 2023. Thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, check us out over on YouTube. Just search Locked On Nationals and hit that subscriber button. And of of course, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel and guys. 
As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. And right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action because the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, whatever you want. FanDuel has got it covered with you. You have Jalen Hurts going against Dak Prescott. Sunday night football this weekend. I'm going to bet on the Eagles because we don't like the Cowboys here in D.C. We're going to bet the Eagles. The Eagles, money line, that's what I'm going to do. And when I do that, I'm going to use FanDuel.com slash locked on so I can kick off the NFL season just the way I started it. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season because FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Now let's get back into it as Nationals. They've got some impactful prospects here, but who's going to be the most impactful prospects? The three most impactful prospects of 2024. This may be a little bit surprising. And again, this is not including guys who are number one, Mackenzie Gore and CJ Abrams. If you wanted to include them in that, they're not prospects anymore. They're young guys. You could consider them prospects if you wanted to, but we're not going to for this practice. We're going to have guys who are still prospect eligible that you see in the rankings or that you may not see in the rankings, depending on what site you're looking at. But I got some guys for you here. Number one, I'm going to start off with Cade Cavalli. I think a lot of people, when talking about Cade Cavalli, it's kind of a forgotten name. You don't really think of Cade Cavalli anymore the way that you did this time last year or even a year and a half ago. When Cade Cavalli, back in 2022, Everyone that entire year was talking about, get this guy up to the majors. We need to see him here. Everyone else who was a college arm in that draft worked their way swimmingly through the minors. Cade Cavalli was putting up monstrous numbers at one point in 2021 and as well as 2022. He kind of got back on track, but then came up to the big leagues, made his start against the Cincinnati Reds, got rocked, and then was shut down for the rest of 2022. Going into the 2023 spring training, has Tommy John surgery, season over, and now he's on his way back up to making it to the major leagues. I'm not going to forget about Cade Cavalli just yet. Now, here's the thing. I have to see a little bit more from Cade Cavalli before I say this is going to be a guy. I just simply have not been able to see as much as Cade Cavalli as I would want to over the last few years. But Cade Cavalli, if he can still kind of have his electric fastball along with his electric stuff, then I think that is going to be a major play for this Nationals team going into 2024. Now, Cade Cavalli, he's not going to be in the majors probably again, maybe until June, July at the latest. Maybe you see him earlier in May, but I don't really think that's going to be the case. I don't think the Nationals are going to rush his way up into the majors again. I think they're going to let him kind of simmer down in AAA in the minors, kind of get his feet wet a little bit get back into the swing of things. And then when he's 100%, that's when you'll see Cavalli back up with the bigs. But he's not going to be forgotten. And I don't think Nationals fans should forget him just because of he had this Tommy John setback. There's a lot of different pitchers in years past who have had Tommy John surgery early on in their career, and they're perfectly fine. Think of Steven Strasburg, Jordan Zimmerman, a lot of different guys, even in this building, who have already had this and have had success stories with it. It can be a little bit, you know, kind of dimming your mood a little bit. 
it's just all different things because you're missing a whole year, a whole year of getting better, a whole year of getting stronger, a whole year of reps. You guys understand the injury. It's not a fun one. But still, Cavalli's got all the talent here. It's just a matter of putting it all together and staying healthy. But the most important thing with Cavalli for me is going to be watching his fastball velocity. I need to make sure that fastball velo is still up there because the reason why Steven Strasburg, when he came back, he was not the same after Tommy John. He was not throwing 99 to 100 the way that he was back in 2010. And that just wasn't going to be the case anymore. He's not a Strasburg talent. And I don't think in this case, he's going to be one of those guys who can just simply reinvent himself. That's unique for what Strasburg did. And unfortunately, that probably gave us some false expectations for what to expect with Cavalli. But still, I'm not giving up on him yet because medicine has been better than ever. I think Cavalli should be just fine, all things considered. Number two, I'm going to go with Dylan Cruz. Dylan Cruz, now, this is kind of a layup, you could say. But I think once Dylan Cruz reaches the major leagues, maybe by July or August of this coming year, that is when you'll kind of see as to why, oh, that's why he should have been number one overall. This guy is going to be a hitter. I believe that any level that he goes, he's going to be an above average hitter. doesn't matter what minor league system. It doesn't matter what major league team. He's going to be one of the better pure hitters on his roster wherever he goes. That is how much I believe in Dylan Cruz. And yes, I mean anywhere he goes. Any major league team, he's going to be one of the better hitters, I think, immediately. Don't forget, his bat is generational. It is. Now, is it some generational power? No, but his bat-to-ball skills and everything about him at the plate, just kind of the aura that he brings, it's all-timer. That's the kind of stuff that Dylan Cruz has. He went number two overall because the Pirates, they would have had no chance to get a talent like Paul Skeens there just in free agency. They had to go out and get their massive big-time ace for the next seven to eight years to come. That's why they took Paul Skeens and passed on Dylan Cruz. But if really, if there was any other scenario in there, I believe that the Nationals still would have taken Dylan Cruz number one. He was still the number one talent, in my opinion. Now, what are the Nationals and what are Dylan Cruz going to do this year? Are they really going to fly him up through the minors? Could he struggle? I'm sure he could struggle. You saw it in double A this last year. He struck out a little bit more as he kind of flew up the radar on the people. Dylan Cruz is going to be just fine, though. He's going to have this offseason prepare. He's going to get healthy. He was healthy this last year. But even then, when you're playing competitive baseball from mid-February all the way through September, that's a long season for anybody. And that's what he was doing. So with Dylan Cruz, getting some rest under his belt, maybe getting a little bigger, maybe just simply just having his approach change a little bit, I think that is when you'll see the best version of Dylan Cruz. And again, he's going to be up at some point this season. It's just a matter of when. In this scenario, I think it'll be by mid-July if I had to really kind of dictate where and when he will come up. That is why I say Dylan Cruz will probably be the second most impactful prospect. The third most impactful prospect, this could be a little surprising, but I'm starting to believe it a little bit more. Jacob Young. Really, I mean, like the seventh, maybe like the eighth most important outfielding prospect in this system. But what I saw from Jacob Young this year, 
Number one, the skill set that he possesses, having the ability to play center field and play it very well, having a solid arm, nothing great, but you all saw that play against the Toronto Blue Jays. The kid's got a hose when he needs it, and he is on point when he needs those throws. That play in center field told me a lot about Jacob Young, and he did make some mistakes. You saw Josiah Gray in mid-September, early September, kind of give it in to Jacob Young, but that's not what we're here for. I think Jacob Young, if he were to just get on base, if he can just get the ball in play more, cut down on the strikeouts a little bit more, maybe draw a few more walks, Jacob Young's going to be electric because this guy, I'm not, I don't know this for a fact, but his speed is up there with CJ Abrams and his base running ability is also certainly up there with CJ Abrams. That's also the kind of impact that the Nationals if you're not going to be an everyday outfielder, which Jacob Young very well may not be this year, but he's going to have an impact and it's going to be on the base path. And if it's also not just that, because in my opinion, I think Jacob Young could be seeing a decent amount of shine in center field this year, or if not that, he could be in the outfield at some points this season. Jacob Young, this is going to be an intriguing one because again, you're not really thinking about Jacob Young having this massive impact when you kind of talk about the skills that he possesses and really the jump that he has made since this time last year and what he did in the farm system for the Nationals getting from high A all the way through triple A into the majors this year, I think Jacob Young is someone that you just simply cannot forget. This is, again, someone who is really beloved by the Nationals and the organization. The reason why I say that, well, you start off in high A, make it to the majors in the same year after being a mid to late round draft pick, that kind of tells you everything you need to know right here and right now. I think Jacob Young will have a greater impact than a lot of us may expect. Now, is he going to be the everyday center fielder? I don't really know at this moment in time, but I can tell you this. Victor Robles is no sure thing to be the center fielder on opening day for the Washington Nationals. I'm not thinking he is, in fact. If it was up to me today, it would be Jacob Young over Victor Robles. Now, will the Nationals decide to go that route? That is the biggest question probably of this offseason going into spring training. But don't forget about Jacob Young because I think one way or the other, if it's off the bench or even if it's just starting in center field or right field, left field, wherever you put him, I think Jacob Young will have a bigger impact than what people are really expecting going into 2024. Thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And of course, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Again, that is Locked On Sports Today. Now, let's get into some Shohei Otani talk because... I've wanted to talk about this forever, but we are the Locked On Nationals podcast on this feel-good Friday, though, with the news turning around. Where will Shohei Otani sign? I've got my prediction after this. And now we get into it as Shohei Otani is expected to be making his decision today. If not today, then over this weekend, and then by Tuesday, we will be talking about it. Shohei Otani, the money that he's going to get, I don't know what he's going to get. But I can tell you this, he's going to be the highest paid player annually of all time. 
In fact, this could be something that maybe even Juan Soto might not be even be able to break this coming offseason whenever he gets paid by whoever he gets paid. But Shohei Otani, it's basically down to three teams at this moment in time, or at least that's what it feels like, because I'm sure, as you all know, this has kind of been an under-wraps thing. Shohei Otani and his agency, they don't want this out in public for whatever reason. Some people, I believe Buster Olney, wrote a kind of a slamming piece about it, about how it's kind of a little selfish and bad for baseball. Whatever. I mean, it's not going to stop from the speculation, because in my opinion, and even as someone, I guess, you can wear the media cap, in this situation, is it a little less fun to know, like, hey, like, why don't you put out Shohei Otani was just at Dodger Stadium? Here's a picture of him out there. Shohei Otani was just in Toronto. Whatever it is, I don't necessarily think that would drive this whole media frenzy. Because as we sit here today, there's still headlines coming out of this thing every other day. And in fact, I think as a baseball fan, not knowing and just knowing that the unexpected is probably what is expected, I think that has probably been the coolest storyline of this all because no one knows where he's going to go. If you were to tell me right here he's going to be a Dodger, which is what I think, by the way, I wouldn't be surprised. If you were to tell me that he's going to go back to the Angels, okay, I wouldn't be surprised. He's a loyal guy. He's kind of proven that over the years, and he values routine. He knows the Angels will give him the routine. And under Ron Washington, he's probably going to like that a little bit better than in years past. And then on the other hand, the third team in this scenario who people are still banging the drum for, thinking that he could be going here, the Toronto Blue Jays, I would be a little surprised, but also not like terribly surprised. I don't think it would be the brightest thing for the Blue Jays to do, but still, you've got the money, you've got the talent. Why not go get one of the better players that we have ever seen and probably going to go down as one of the best players of all time in this sport? So where is Shohei Otani going to go? Well, I kind of gave it away here with the Dodgers. I just think that makes the most sense. You want to go to a team, and Major League Baseball really wants the Dodgers to be his landing spot as well. Number one, wearing that Dodgers home uniform, repping the LA on your helmet, those are things that Major League Baseball will say that never matters, but no, it does matter. They want him to be in prime time. It's not prime time for the East Coast people over here, but a sold-out Dodger Stadium every single night, you're going to be eating your Dodger dog, you're going to be watching Shohei Otani, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and that loaded Dodgers team. That is where I see him going because that's what makes the most sense. If he's going to value winning, if he's going to value routine, if he's going to value just all the different things about baseball and organizational trust, then I think the Los Angeles Dodgers probably make the most sense. But I wouldn't link, I wouldn't just leave out the Angels at this moment in time. I truly do think that Shohei Otani probably has his decision coming down to the Dodgers and the Angels. I think the Dodgers will probably just outbid him eventually. But don't sleep on the Angels. This is something, again, to where he is comfortable with. He has valued comfort over the years. And I don't think people should just overlook that because it's Shohei Otani. But my prediction is that by the time we're we're all talking to each other next, Shohei Otani is going to be a Dodger. That's going to be an interesting thing to see. But we'll just have to see what happens over this weekend. Thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever 
you get your podcast. And of course, check us out over on YouTube. Just search Locked On Nationals there. And next week, we start the off-season portion of Locked On Nationals. I do want to remind you guys, thank you for making us your first listen every single day as we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. But Major League Baseball, it's the off-season. Next week, we start three episodes per week. Again, that is three episodes per week. It'll be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Those three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, every single week, really up until probably the Super Bowl. And then it's baseball season. We're going to be back five to six episodes per week. We love you guys. We'll stay here. It'll be a fun offseason, and content will continue to come out over Unlocked on National. So, of course, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Have a good one.